The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal. From the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. This is Dave Schultz, your host for this particular Sunday night gathering, and we just thank you for being with us. I have a new guest this evening that we've not met before except on the phone, and just briefly as we went into the recording studio, Cindy. Welcome, Cindy. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, how would you like your last name pronounced? It's Gussler. Gussler, not Geisler, but Gussler. Gussler. Yes, well, I we'll get just it mixed call up you all Cindy. the time. <laughs> we'll just call you Cindy That's and move fine. on. That's Tell fine. me about Cindy. Um, Cindy is a farm girl that grew up in a small town area in Michigan. And um, I, I, at first I came out of the Detroit welfare system. I have seven siblings, and we were um, having a very difficult childhood and went through the foster care system for many years, and then we we kind of um, lost everyone as we were adopted out, and I ended up as an only child in a farm area and grew up, went to church, loved Jesus, fell in love with Jesus, and went off to college, became a teacher, and then got married and ended up in Texas. So that's the fast version. <laughs> um, you still keep in touch with the people who were part of your sibling crowd years ago? Um, I was discovered my senior year of high school by my older sister who came in to the office looking for a sibling, and she had the name, and it was Denise. And at the time, I didn't understand she was my sister, and I was looking in the yearbook, and then all of a sudden, the more she talked, I realized who she was, that she was my sister. But our youngest sister is named Denise, which I didn't know. She was just a baby at the time. So I found and connected with my older sister and a few siblings for a few years, um, but then went to college and started life and moved and all of that. And the amazing thing is, it's amazing that you just asked this. The amazing thing is, less than a month ago, I connected with my baby sister, Denise. Oh, my goodness. Who has been living in Texas since 19... No, no. In fourth grade, she moved in Texas. In 1999, I came to Texas. And last month, we just... We reconnected, and next Saturday we're going to meet again for the first time oh, since the last goodness. time I saw her when she was three months old. That's so, amazing that you so, asked that so question. So that would be that'll be a real blessing. Oh my word, yes. We have been emailing. Then back and I would forth. like to be there to watch this. It is yes, yes. I've been. I was. I'm. I was invited. Am invited to speak at a retreat in Dallas. Um, next weekend. And so she's going to come and meet me on Friday. And then the retreat is on Saturday that she's going to come to and meet my daughter as well. I'd like to, um, at some given time in the future, after this is all over, Glenn, I would like to hear the story of Absolutely. your meeting. Absolutely. I'm we'll do so this again excited. Then. There are so many similarities between the two of us. It is just Amazing. Just amazing. This is Mother's Day month, and we're yes. using all of our mothers and ladies who are in ministry to serve Jesus. Mm. 
Jesus came into your life when you were young, and what is it that is your motive to serve him today? Um, I think uh, because of my childhood and what happened as I was growing up as a teen and a young woman and then a married mom, um, I, I connected with Jesus in such a way that I now realize that there are other women out there that are going through the same circumstances, and I don't ever want them to feel overwhelmed or stressed or lonely or devalued, um, as I know that sometimes I was. And if there's anything I can do to help them um, to be the daughters of the king that they are and help them with their circumstances and any issue of season of their life, I want to be there for them. So lots yes. of girls that you meet, a lot of women you meet have gone through and are going through valleys of the shadow of death. Absolutely. And they just don't know where to turn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, and I heard someone say this years ago, we, we we shouldn't fear the valleys because it's in the valleys that we grow because that's Amen. where the rich soil is. Yes. And maybe that's your job is to help mm. them to grow in grace in this Jesus that has changed your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of them um, maybe didn't grow up with Jesus, or maybe they heard about Jesus, or maybe we have lots of women who come to the ministry that are so involved in their churches that they don't have time to sit and soak. And so coming um, to our ministry center or having a cup of coffee with me, um, they... We, we take what they learned, we take their scripture, we take their thoughts, their questions, and we put them in practical day life. Like, what does this scripture mean in your house? Uh, because it's going to be different in everyone's household depending on your circumstances and your situation. And so just giving them practical uh, perspective is really helpful to them. How did you come to treasure the Word of God the way you treasure it today? Oh, I remember... Um, when I was tiny, um, we went to church. This was after I was adopted. Uh, we would go to big church, and then halfway through big church, and I'm sure this happens with many churches, um, after the choir would sing, then the kids would go to junior church. And I remember being so excited because I'm going to date myself here. That's where the flannel boards were. And I loved the flannel boards. I loved the stories that they told and the characters that they put on the board. And that was my first um, experience with dipping into the stories of the Bible. And from then on, I just kept reading stories. And this is one of the things that uh, um, I know about myself, and at first I worried about it, but now I'm excited about it, is that God has given me a wacky sense of wonder and there is a story in the Bible that could be a paragraph long, but I kind of read between the lines and wonder, okay, what did they do when they talked along the road? Um, what did Adam and Eve talk about when they laid in bed at night? Um, how did Jochebed come up with a plan of, honey, we're going to put the baby in the river? You know, things like that, uh, just the practical ways of it. And I just, it's just something that God has put in my brain to think about what is the 24-hour practical way that these stories happened because they're real people. And we need to look at them as role models. What did they learn? How did they falter? Um, How did they obey God? How did God use them even when they fell down and messed up? And 
these stories just became alive to me. And I'm, I love to read. And I was in theater when I was a kid, so kind of put those two together. And so I, I have that imagination and that wonder that he gave me to create serent, um, scenarios of these women and just wonder how did they think? What did they do? When did this happen? Um, and I think it's just comforting to bring these these babies. Some some people look at the Bible and say, oh, these are just old, dried-up stories of people. And when I open them, they just talk to me. And, and I just encourage women to put sandals on and jump into their tents and just sit and soak and see what their daily daily duties are like. It's in- yeah. interesting. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians, no one can know that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit uses the word. Yes to be a convincing and a convicting factor. And where do you then meet these women that you can minister to them? Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't get the phone book and call them one <laughs> by one. Just call them up and say, hey, do you know Jesus? <laughs> no. Um, very interesting. Um, sometimes uh, I will be sitting in practical places. I'll be in a grocery store. I'll be in the nail salon. And all of a sudden, some woman will just start talking. And then it will eventually like, what do you do? What do you do? Where did you grow up? Things like that. And it will just come out. Um, sometimes a friend will bring a friend to our ministry center and say, um, my friend is going through this situation. Do you have another woman that is going through this situation or has been? that we can sit down and help this woman. Um, it is it is amazing to me how God brings people our way. And like I say, sometimes they, they didn't grow up with Jesus. Sometimes they did. Sometimes they go to church and they get hurt by church politics and say, I will never go back to that church again. And they come hindered and they come hurting. And we sit down and we hold their hand and we value them. We hear their stories. We tell them um, truth of what God says about them, and we help them along the journey. It's not, oh, here's some information, bye, see you later. It's, I see you, I value you, and I'm going to walk this journey with you. And they need that. So you treasure the stories of Scripture, especially where people are involved, because because you can unravel those pictures uh, in your mind and then develop them in your conversation with people. And I and I think that's the fun of ministry. Would you describe that a little bit? Absolutely. And I know that these people have different names and different situations, but a lot of times their emotions are the exact same emotions that we go through. Maybe not the same situations, but some of the emotions. Um, for instance, one of my favorite characters of the Bible is Rahab. And she, um, she is a I character. know, she is a character, <laughs> but she's so bold and she's so strong in what she did. And I'm just like, how did she do that? Um, where, you know, she met with the Israelites and she told them straight up what she wanted. I mean, in the Bible, she talks for like this long before she lets them get a, a, a word in edgewise. And I, th- I just love that about her. But for her to convince her family to come and live in her apartment in the wall, not knowing when these two spies are coming back, but convincing them, oh, yes, they're going to come save us, You, but you need to stay here. You ne-, And they're like, why? What, what, what about food? What about our daily? What about, no, you need to stay here. And day after day after day after day, when these men didn't come back, how did she remain so strong in trusting and believing when public opinion was telling her, no, this isn't going to work. No, this isn't going to work. And the same thing when you get a calling on your life. 
Um, you know, in First Corinthians two, it says that that Christians, when they receive a calling, the world doesn't understand their calling. They think they're crazy, right. and it's the Holy Spirit that is guiding. And you know what your calling is, but people around you just don't understand because either they they don't have the calling or they don't have the Holy Spirit, or even some Christians will say, oh yeah, that's a good idea, but I think you should do it this way. And you know in your heart you're supposed to do it this way and keep obeying and keep following. And so she is such a strong character to be faithful for what he is telling you to do and not get caught up in the confusion of the world and other people's opinions. So that's one character that I really love. I've got a wonderful guest in the studio today, Cindy Gussler, and she um, she she equivocates the, the spirit of Jesus uh, in her life and in her conversation. And in a minute, we're going to return to her, but let me just share some thoughts with with you about who we are and who who sponsors all these radio programs that we have done for probably up to 15 years. I'm glad you turned into Engaging Truth Programming. Let me tell you in a moment about ELM, Evangelical Life Ministries. It's a group of volunteers in the Houston area who not only plan each one of these broadcasts, but also produce them. Each broadcast is centered in God's Word, in particular, the saving grace of Jesus Christ. You can help us with our programming. First of all, you can pray for this ministry. The volunteer team who, who loves to see each broadcast sent out via the, the delivery systems and technologies of today to not only to this country, but other places in the world. Secondly, you can support what we do with your supporting dollar. You can do that by going to our website of elmhouston.org and press the donate button. Many opportunities are there to help you give. You can also send your support to ELM PO Box 568, Cypress, Texas 77410. Every gift is received. Every gift is truly appreciated because it permits us to send the gospel to this nation to the world. Thank you. Well, Cindy, let's get back to you. This is kind of an exciting conversation, and um, someday it'll end, but not too soon. <laughs> tell me tell me about the simple fact that there was a transforming time in your life when you, you said, this ain't the way that Jesus wants me to go. I think there's another way that's better. Tell us about that way. Oh, okay. When I was uh, 12 years old, I accepted uh, Christ as my Savior. And I remember sitting in a school assembly, and there was a motivational speaker that came in. And to this day, I don't remember her name or what she talked about. But during that, that is the first time that I heard him speak to me. And he said, I need you to do that. And I knew it was about standing up in front of people and talking and encouraging, but I didn't know exactly what that meant. And so I <clears throat> and so I tried different things. I tried theater. I thought I was supposed to go to Broadway. I tried being on different boards at the school and different boards at my college and doing things, being the social life director. And um, I eventually graduated and became a teacher in the middle school. And all of those things were great stepping stones 
for what he wanted me to do. He can use anything you do, whether it is a good thing or a or a mess up. God can use anything that you do and keep it for um, experience as you travel the road following him. Well, eventually I figured out I was supposed to be teaching Bible study. So then I was like, oh, okay. I'm supposed to do like Beth Moore, like Joyce, like Priscilla. I'm supposed to do it in their style. And so I tried and it went okay, but he kept rerouting me and I was frustrating. I'm like, am I doing something wrong? I was getting discouraged. And finally, um, he kept reminded me of, of going back to the three things he told me to do. He told me to hug people, encourage people. He told me to feed their tummies and their souls and to tell them about Jesus. And I've been cooking since I've been 12. I love to cook. And I love the Bible and the stories. And I love to meet people and hug people and encourage people. And so finally, he was telling me just to put all of those three things together. I've designed you for a purpose, Cindy, for a reason. Now use what the gifts that I've given you. And so finally, I started putting the three things together, and it has been the most wonderful, exciting ride. I've met amazing people. Doors have opened. People have come. I could go hours and hours to tell you how God has showcased his glory just because of that simple step of obedience. But there was times that I thought, okay, this is too easy. It's not hard. Ministry is supposed to be hard, right? And it was too easy and it was too joyful. And I'm like, Lord, are you sure? And then Satan was on my shoulder and he was telling me, oh, you don't have anything that anyone wants to hear. You're not worthy enough. I know your baggage about the Detroit welfare system. I know who you are. Um, You're nothing special. And so I have Satan on one side saying that. And then I have God on the other side saying Hug people, feed people, tell them about Jesus. And so it was like battling. And when you listen to God and you listen to the passions that he has given you, the talents, acknowledging them um, and accepting them are two different things. I knew what I was good at, but accepting them to use them for his glory, that's stepping out in obedience and that's a big thing. And when I faithfully did that, not knowing the how, just obeying the who, he started opening doors and providing resources. And it it has been amazing these past uh, couple of years. Mm-hmm. You talk about resources. How do you... How do you fund what you do? How do I fund what I do? Fund, F-U-N-D. Yes, I know. Not fund what you do, but fund. Um, That is something that is a daily, daily trust, a walk of faith. Because, um, you know, before COVID, we had people giving donations left and right. They would come in for a Bible study and instead of, you know, doing $15, $20, they'd pay $200 or they'd pay $150. And then uh, we had end of year donations that were $10,000, $15,000, $50,000, all of that. Well, when COVID hit and people had to, you know, be tight on their pennies and think about jobs and things like that, of course, um, just like all the businesses and all the churches and things, uh, their turnover was very different. And so now it is a, um, a lower amount. I'll be honest, it's a lower amount, but it is being faithful, just doing what he says. He has never been late. 
on uh, allowing us to pay a bill. He has never been late on a timetable of anything. It's his timetable. And uh, we have just literally said, Lord God, we don't know how, but we know what we're supposed to do. And we're going to follow your calling. I will provide for you according to my the riches of my grace, Amen. Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4. Um, what is your favorite story in the Bible? One of my favorite stories, um, okay, I teach a lot about women in the Bible, but this is actually a man in the Bible. That's one of my favorites, and it's Gideon. And it's the whole story of... Gideon was this little farmer that had men around him in an army, and God said, I need you. And he's like, who am I? I'm just a guy. And he said, I need you to go fight. And he says, I don't have anything. I don't have any resources. And God said, use what you have. And so he had some empty jars and some torches and a trumpet. And with those little things that were his, that were gifted to him by God, like this is what you do, he defeated armies. In fact, God told him, you have too many men. Three times, you have too many. Cut down, cut down. And that showed me that use what God has given you and don't be afraid to think that you're not enough because you are enough. You are enough to do what God has called you to do. And if you don't have the resources, he will give them to you because he asked you to do that calling. Thinking about where you have been, what God has called you to do, what's your greatest earthly desire in terms of ministry? My greatest desire is for women to not only know God and Jesus of who they are and what they can do, but to have that intimate relationship, not a religion, not a checklist. I go to church. I do this. I do. I read my Bible. I do. No, I want them to have a relationship that they can crawl into their daddy's lap and call him Abba Father, that they can cry and say, this is what I'm upset about. This is what I need. This is what I'm happy about. And he is there. He sees. He loves. He helps. He guides for them to rely on him. Um, two verses that are very close to me. John uh, 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branch. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So secure yourself to him every day and he will provide. And the other one is Ephesians 4, 1, which is live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. You are designed by the Father for a reason. Um, accept it and say, you made me this way. I'm going to live this way and do what you ask me to do. Let's say during Mother's Day month, which this is, and yes. this is a... This is a this is a Sunday night that you're hearing this. Mm. Um, tell us, the listening audience, there are women out there who are saying, mm, I'd like to meet Cindy. How, how can they meet you? What is your contact point which is best for people to meet you? Um, my contact, I have two ways. One is our ministry center, which is from the Vine Ministries here in Cyprus, and that's from thevineministries.com. They can go on that website. Also, as we're speaking today and soon to be released, will be the cindygussler.com uh, website, and that will have all of my info, my bio, my topics, my Bible studies that I do, that I can travel um, and speak on. And so that is C-Y-N-D-Y-G-U-S, 
L-E-R. I know it's a difficult spelling. So, but yes, that will list all of my information on how to contact me and all of the Bible studies and speaking topics I do. And I, I will travel anywhere and be with ladies and tell them about Jesus. Cindy, this has been an exciting mm. 24 minutes. Thank you for being <laughs> yes. here. Thank you for, for lighting the wick of someone's life. And thank you for just being willing to share Jesus with each one of us. Good night and come back again to Engaging Truth. Good night. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.